Welcome to Cavill Fans, the casual fans home for Overwatch League news. We're coming at you from the Tampa area. I'm Alurimar. I'm Haller. And we have a great lineup for you today. We're going to be talking Florida, talking close matches, hero pull updates, and we're going to be going over the May tournament standings, which you cannot find on the Overwatch League website this week. We're going to kick it off with Florida's 3-0 against Boston, which surprised nobody. Nobody. Um, yeah, definitely. This is the expected rate result. However, it did feel like um, the way we got to the 3-0 was a little bit more surprising. This was definitely a closer match than the very, very briefly fastest match uh, in the history of the Overwatch League. Um, thanks, Shanghai, for um, knocking <laughs> us right off that pedestal. But it felt good for Florida Mayhem to have a pedestal for some... any amount of time. Yeah, <laughs> that's something we often do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it felt we definitely felt weaker. Um, and Boston felt stronger, and a lot of that seemed to do with the introduction of Echo as well as the hero pools. Um, on Hollywood specifically, you could really feel our champion pool and the, avail the available hero pool um, to be to be hurting us right yes um jerry was kind of going uncontested on his tracer um and was really messing with us and we bqb couldn't play tracer and then yaki was our echo so he couldn't play tracer until we eventually said you know what screw it yaki just play tracer and deal with jerry and, and then he did we kind of rolled them <laughs> he did he did a very <laughs> good job finally made that call but it, it was it was a rough week it did for us, I think especially for BQB, I think this has been BQB's weakest showing all season. Um, his Ash was just okay. Um, and he felt, like, uncomfortable. You kept seeing him go back to the Reaper just because he, he didn't feel comfortable with, like, what the available hero pool was. So he just said, I'm going to play Reaper because I know I've had success right. at this recently. Um, and sometimes we just defaulted to the May Reaper again. Um, because we're just comfortable on that comp already and we're still looking a little bit shaky with Echo. So we kind of lucked out that this week of all weeks we got to play Boston. So it was still kind of a free win and we're not going to get punished um, for, for a poor showing. And I think in the future, if we do run into issues with a Tracer, BQB can just play McCree, and I don't think it'll be as big of an issue. I think it was like a combination of McCree's not in the hero pool, mm -hmm. and we need somebody playing Tracer to deal with it. Um, could still come back to bite us. Like we, if Tracer Echo remains the meta, you know, we're not, we're not going to be able to play the best composition, right? Unless unless like BQB tries to learn Echo or something. Um, playing more Saya player is definitely an option. We brought him in on map three. We did. It was good it was, to see him. We again. had some vintage Saya player. Like, <laughs> it's not. I mean, not only did we see Saya player, the boy popped off. Nutty flicks on the Ash. Like, very dominant on the sniper. We got to see his Soldier seventy six, which is always a treat because he basically has twenty four seven attack visor, except attack except better than attack visor because he could hit headshots. Right. Just you watch that boy. Like there was one point where um, there was like a primal raging Winston. I don't remember if it was the actual Winston or an echo copy 
but you just watched him and his he did not miss a single headshot and that winston just melted he was just tracking that head the whole way like it was it was really impressive the dude popped off so that's an option as well because even if yaki's the better tracer he at least has a tracer right? right um but otherwise, yeah, Florida, Florida did well. Pretty, pretty dominant series. Signs of life from um, Boston, particularly in the DPS line, which is oh, and a good showing from Youngbang, which was new, <laughs> um, and good to see. Yeah. So all in all, it know, was really good. Yeah, it was really good. It's it was good entertaining. To see, yeah, it's good to see Saya player back in the mix. I think that's a a good sign because Saya has sort of his hot and cold. It's good to see him coming back in hot yeah. a little bit and. Um, Makes me I wonder if hopeful. that was like on the fly because now that I'm working from home, I, I have a bit of a pulse on like what's going on mm -hmm. um, as far as like who's streaming and then like who's not going to play. Like I knew Poco wouldn't play for Philadelphia Fusion because he's been streaming, right? Um, and Saya has been streaming a lot during what should be normal scrim hours. So I think they might have just brought him in with DQB feeling uncomfortable. So hopefully we see a little more Saya player scrim time, um, kind of integrating him into at least trying him out, you know? Yeah. Um, rather than just having him stream. Yeah. Twenty four seven. That's fair. But what Saya player's skills are with aim really doesn't necessarily demand that he be in scrims. So I can understand if you're gonna send somebody but, else out of scrims to practice. But if you plan to play him, you want to you want to be playing with him and get used to how he's playing. You want to you right. want to scrim like like you're going to play. And if right. you're going to play Saya, you should be scrimming with Saya in. Yep. So, um on top of the unsurprising Florida match, we had several close matches this weekend coming out with 3-2 mm -hmm. score lines, which are always fun to go to five maps. Um, we yeah. had Philly versus Paris, a nice little, a nice little uh, payback match there. We had the uh, Valiant versus the Rain, which uh, went closer, I think, than people thought it was going to. And then we had Dragons versus New York, which yes. is probably the more important of these three. Um, we're NA-based. Uh, most of you, our listeners mm -hmm. and viewers, are in North America. So watching these Chinese games can be really a challenge. Um, yeah. So, why won't you tell us, Howler, a little bit about that Chinese Dragons versus New York game? I won't tell you because I don't want to. That's why. Oh, what a jerk! Uh, <laughs> no, I actually really want to discuss um, these matches because New York versus Shanghai was probably the best of the three. This was a very satisfying week of Overwatch to me because I didn't get to talk about it on the last podcast. But if I had chosen matches to look forward to, it would have been these three that went to map fives and. The best of them, which I was hoping was going to be the best of them, was New York versus Shanghai. This was one of the highest, if not the highest, display of Overwatch we've seen um, all season. Uh, my only complaint for this match could possibly be how the dichotomy between the first half and the second half. So... This game kicked off, and New York was dominant. Like, Shanghai didn't even seem like they, they stood a chance. New York came out swinging. They were looking crazy. Um, New York on control was opting to go very echoless a lot. And Shanghai didn't really seem 
to know how to deal with that. They didn't seem like they had expected or scrimmed that. And as the one loss Shanghai has had this season shows against Chengdu, if you could throw Shanghai off their game, they are vulnerable. That's like their one vulnerability is when they're confused. It takes them a little bit to figure you out. And then sometimes, like in that Chengdu game, they ultimately don't. Um, so New York was looking really good. They're running Sabio B, Libero to start. And then once they switched to map two, they brought in Who Are You on the Echo. And though they won that map, they started to look a lot more invulnerable once Libero was out and Who Are You was in. Um, I think Who Are You was given a lot of crap by the casters for his play, which I don't think was necessarily deserved all the time. Like, they called him out for, like, copying Brig multiple times, saying that Brig was a terrible hero to use duplicate on, the Echo Ultimate. Right. Meanwhile, Ding uses it on Brig all the time as well, and not a comment on Ding's ults, right? So, I think I think he got more crap than, than he deserved, but um, they definitely felt weaker with the echo comp i don't necessarily think that's all on who are you i think that's just new york trying to figure out how to play with echo right right um they did run some interesting comps that you didn't see anywhere else the entire week so they did they ran roadhog which is almost unheard of this season um the and in the overwatch league in general we've only ever really seen him on junker town uh minus one halt hook meta I don't even remember when. So, yep. so it was cool to see Roadhog, and they actually were extremely dominant um, when they played that Roadhog comp. It caught Shanghai off guard again um, and was really one of the reasons why they were able to pretty easily secure Eichenwald in the second map of the series. But after that, everything really flipped heavily into Shanghai's favor. Um, so New York was running kind of the... NA echo comp for the most part um, with the with the tracer echo specifically as a DPS lineup okay. but um, I didn't really get to get too much of a pulse on the other Chinese matches but the Chinese region in general or the Asian region I guess I should say in general um, so far has really favored Sombra over tracer where NA has favored the tracer over the Sombra okay and You've, you've got that in the Shanghai match. So Shanghai ran Echo Sombra most of the time. And when, once you got into maps three, four, and five, the Sombra really started to dominate. Like, you saw Sabiel B in the kill feed constantly the first two maps. Sabiel B kind of started to fall off, and then you started to see Lip take over the game more and more and more with his Sombra play and his EMPs. So... Um, overall, though, it was it was a really good match. You got to watch Shanghai kind of adapt to New York style live on the fly and then ultimately figure them out after halftime and um, New York struggled to adapt to their adaptations. Um, I think you got to really see Ding level up in real time, too, which was fun to see on his Echo play. Like every map, Echo, um, Ding was a noticeably better Echo than he was the map previously which it's always a treat when you get to watch someone improve like that live. Yeah, it's like watching um, anime, which Overwatch League is not. Exactly. <laughs> yep. 
And, and if any team is an anime, it's the Shanghai Dragons, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. 0-40 to best team in the league, question mark? Yeah. Um, so it, it was overall a really entertaining match. So if you could go back and watch one match, um, probably that one or the the Valiant match. Those are Those are your matches to watch. Yeah. Let's go over some league movements here. We have uh, the Vancouver Titans still kind of imploding on themselves. Yeah. Um, so not, not, not the full implosion that is to be expected yet. No. no. The, the early crumblings have begun. They have. And, um, and there are retirements throughout the league. Um, some of them related to this and some of them not related to this. So let's talk about yeah. those. Who are our retirees? Should I start with the big one or end with the big one start yeah start with that fat social security check and then move on to the small one so i got a check for two dollars in the mail this weekend i'll have you know wow yeah if you want to talk about fat checks um okay so not worth the paper um, it's written the big on. one the, that everybody's been talking about um the the true fire and brimstone moment um even though there, it feels like there's been a lot this year, but this feels like the fieriest and the brimstoniest of them all. Mm. Overwatch League 2019 MVP, World Cup MVP, and um, Overwatch League champion Sinatra retires from the Overwatch League to, to play Valorant for the Sentinels, the organization that used to help manage... The gladiators before parting with Kronky this year. Mm -hmm. So MVP's gone. Um, we also saw Kellex leave the Overwatch League for reasons not fully stated. It based off what he wrote, it seems like this was more like stress. Right. Um, it could be COVID related too, like being apart from his family during this period. Um, it's a little bit unsure, but we lost Kellex. And then some former Overwatch pros um, or Overwatch League pros retired as well. So Swan, formerly of the Florida Mayhem, retired this week, and as did Nuss. Um, Swan said he's retiring to join the Korean military. Uh, if you didn't know, all Koreans are required to serve in the Korean military for two years, um, sometime between the age of 18 and 28. Right. So Swan has, I, I guess, decided that he doesn't see a future in Overwatch and just wants to go ahead and knock out his military service. So no more Swan. And then we also saw Nuss. He's retiring to join a different esport, unspecified. So from now, but you kind of expect it to be Valorant, given yeah. the timing. But they didn't, they didn't really specify. But Nuss. Um, and I think Nuss is a bigger one than we give it credit for because that's that's two Overwatch League champions retiring in the same week, right? Yeah. Um, Nuss isn't in the Overwatch League right now, but he did win twenty like with the London Spitfire roster in 2018. He's an inaugural season champion um, and was one of the bigger surprises to not see in the Overwatch League this season. So... It it stinks to see some of your greatest players to grace your game, leave it. Um, yeah. Particularly in the case of of Sinatra, right? Yes. So and I think this is we, I think these are uh, definitely frustrating things. A lot of people are sort of calling that the league is dead and dying, and yeah. you know 
there there's some uh, there's some reasons for them to say that honestly it's yeah. it's a but it's a rough year for everybody for it's every esport it's not dead but it's not dying, in a good spot maybe yeah um something i think that is worth noting that i've said several times since this whole thing since overwatch league started is we are dealing with a bunch of young people who haven't had yes. to put in a long-term commitment before yes they didn't spend, you know, we talked about when we talked to Doc Haskell sort of about these students who didn't spend their entire high school time coming up practicing their sport. And so they don't have that same yep. kind of amount of, they really just don't have the same level of dedication at this point. Not to say that they can't or that they're inferior right. because I don't think that. They just haven't had it ingrained into them like the traditional sports people have. Um, I right. think some of this is to be expected. The real problem that is going to come from this is less so with the actual players themselves retiring and more so with the fans' reactions to them. Um, if our fans are going to just cry out that the game is dead and is dead and they're all going to move on and leave, that that is going to kill Overwatch League. Not Sinatra, the MVP, retiring. Because so far, right. really, that's he's had a pretty good lengthy run as far as esports is concerned yeah i mean he he hit the scene running with selfless right yeah um and selfless was a dominant team so sinatra has been dominant since 2017 overwatch um which is just about basically the beginnings of it right right just ignoring like early 2016 but there weren't really major tournaments yet um in, in 2016 so it's as far as once the esports scene really is seen, really established itself, Sinatra has been there basically the whole since time. then. Uh, Mr. 150K, right? Um, he's supposed to be this child prodigy picked up by the San Francisco Shock. Their entire team was built around him with the idea of him turning 18 and then having a strong season two. And they were able to do that. Um, he was able to achieve a lot. And honestly, um, it's, it, it's rumored that there's a lot more money in the Valorant scene um, as far as for players than um, than there is in the Overwatch League right now. That's probably true um, in general, like for all tiers of play, but I can't imagine that's actually true at the top tiers of play with Overwatch having a minimum player salary and benefits right. built in. That Valor well, that's I mean, that's not going to come through in a paycheck, but... Those are They're saying Valorant value. salaries are rivaling League of Legends salaries, and League of Legends salaries are multi-million dollar contracts, which I don't think anybody in the Overwatch League is being paid a million dollars. Mm. I I wouldn't ex I would expect the highest contract in the league to be six hundred k, and I think I'm over evaluating that. Wow. Okay. So, I could I could see Sinatra being approached with this and seeing I can make more in a year than I'd make in four years with the Overwatch League yeah maybe i go for it and if it doesn't work out i can just go back but if i can take advantage of this let's let's make some money right and can't really blame him for that and i think he brought up a good point well as the dedication um i want to bring up as well um who the overwatch player is um because if you think about it this is the first time overwatch has probably really been challenged as the new fbs on the block right um maybe apex legends gave it a little bit of of a knock but 
it was just such a different game yeah um i think when compared to overwatch it's you know a battle royale it's um it the team focus was there but it's not as emphasized as it is in overwatch or valorant but this Mm -hmm. is a team-based shooter um you've got hero like heroes with abilities so even though it's more csgo it's at least it it feels a little bit more similar okay to to your overwatch league so an actual direct competitor with a a promising esports future as well so it makes sense that someone who jumped into overwatch and fell in love with it um it makes sense that you're going to lose those people who are always jumping to the next the next big thing right yeah that that just that just happens um and now we're we're entering the stage of okay we're we're gonna rip up this valorant band-aid and that's gonna put us into a a stage of overwatch maturity um of these are the players who are playing Overwatch because they want to play Overwatch, right? They're not just playing the next the right. next game. They're, they're, they'll be a lot more dedicated to the title, I think. So yeah. I think this was something that was going to happen to the game eventually. Um, it's rough timing with just all the conversations that have been going around the league this year. Yeah. Um, but it had to happen eventually. And honestly... I say it's rough timing, but I think it also might be good timing um, because this this is supposed to be our low. Um, homestands are canceled. Um, it's Overwatch is basically at its end point before Overwatch 2 comes out. This is supposed to be our low. Um, and all I'm going to be looking at from here is how do we bounce back with Overwatch 2? And does it happen? Right. And if there isn't a bounce back, that's when I'm going to be a bit more worried. But for now, I think this sucks and things could be better, but I don't necessarily think we're in worst case scenario yet. I, I mean, basically, as long as the Overwatch League itself doesn't start hemorrhaging its fans, which I don't think it is right now. It's it's at a low, but it's not right. hemorrhaging. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and they're really still past the threshold of where they said that they needed to be at the beginning of this, the beginning of this really exploded more intensely than they expected it to. So Mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of factors going in here and a lot of pieces of the puzzle and it, it's supposed to take a while for you to build up something like the Overwatch League. It's not supposed to spring into action and suddenly be the greatest thing ever. It takes a while for that to develop as a piece of your culture. And of mm-hmm. what what you're doing, so you're you're basically right. We just have to wait and see what happens next. Um, uh, we do have two new pickups. If you'll just briefly touch on them, then we're gonna move on. Yeah. So Cruz went to minutes. Toronto. Um, seems like a good pickup overall. Cruz hasn't been being played on Paris because FT God is FT God. one of the best Lucios <laughs> we have in the league right now. Yeah. He's been the biggest surprise, probably in the main support role. So. Overall, I think that's an upgrade for Toronto. So good on them. Excited to see how he looks like um, once they integrate him into the team. And then someone who was integrated into the team immediately was Paris Eternal picking up Fielder, who is a flex support player previously from the Contenders team, GC Busan Wave, which is where Edison comes from, um, newly on the Atlanta Reign. So Fielder is never someone I've really had too much opinion on. 
Um, but he had an impressive showing. He was playing from Korea on 200 ping. And when they were playing against Philadelphia, he was very obviously the best player on Paris. He he had an amazing performance. Um, yep. So he, he seems to have a really high ceiling, especially once they get him to NA, if they, they have plans <laughs> to do that. I assume they do. Right. Um, I'm excited to see what that kid could do. It seems like a very solid pickup, although I'm very mad because I started gray on my fantasy team and then they announced on saturday after rosters were locked that they picked up fielder and then played him so thank so happy for paris but also paris why (laughs) (laughs) uh what are you gonna do all right uh let's see here next up soul soul dynasty they have gone from dominating with three three oh victories right off the top of their season against good teams to three three oh losses two of which happened this week. Dominating yeah. to Dismal, man. I mean, talk about feast like, or famine. No, no kidding. I mean, talk about a microcosm of the 2018-2019 London Spitfire team. Mm-hmm. So come out the gates roaring, dominating everyone. They have one bad loss, and then they tilt off the face of the earth. <laughs> like... I don't know what it is with the mental of this ex-London Spitfire squad, of this gesture, profit, Bedosin core, but I, it's just unexplicable. How can you dominate, like, Gladiators, Valiant, and then one of the teams that dominated you this week? I think it was Guangzhou they played last week. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I double-checked that, and they dominated them before losing to Shanghai, and then they play Hangzhou and Guangzhou, who should be the weakest teams in the Asian region, minus maybe London, because we haven't seen them yet, right? Or not in a while, and not against the other Asian teams. And then you just you just look awful. Like, and one of the things that they looked so great about them was this team was coordinated. Like, absurdly so. You've got your flashbang, um, shatter combos that they were getting really well right. known for which no other team could pull off and that's like a a split second of of a of a window to be able to pull that off um and they were nailing it they they just looked like the most coordinated team in the league and LA looked like the least coordinated team in the league like they're just everybody's trying to carry which which seems like the classic London thing, right? They it look does. like this scary coordinated team. Their dives are insane. Like there's no way to beat them. They have these crazy halt dragon strike combos, like or halt combos in general. And then all of a sudden they start losing and everyone feels like they need to carry because they all have carry potential. It's a huge overcorrect. It's a huge <laughs> overcorrection that causes more problems than help. Yep. That's all it is. That's all it is. And they three at Hangzhou last week, not Guangzhou. But still. They, they still played them this week. They still played them and, and lost. And Decimated. Dominated. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, part of it could be Echo this week, right? Like, it's, you're, it's a different style know. of play. You got to get used to it. But it's just really bizarre to see a team go from looking so good to looking so bad. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty jarring. Um, Something that shouldn't be jarring, though. Hero pools are going to have an adjustment again because we haven't had enough adjustments to hero pools. Hero pools are now using only Overwatch League data. 
Yep. Hallelujah. Yes, and, uh, and <laughs> in the game for your for the player base. Yep. Hero pools are now only affecting masters and grandmasters. That's right. So, so if the average affecting the lower rank. The average SR of your team has to be 3500 or higher for hero pools to be impacting you and they're going to match the Overwatch yeah. League hero pools and when Overwatch League is not in season they're going to use just the data from those games as well to create the hero pools. So it should be pretty good. Um, th this is this is how it should have stayed. I'm yeah, not sure why is, they changed this. Yeah, this is a positive change for sure. Yeah. Um, it feels like we're well, maybe one step away from hero pools being basically as ideal as they ever will be. And then we could finally decide, are we keeping these or are we not? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so I, I think we'll probably ride this out for the month. I would expect next month, especially if they continue doing this monthly tournaments um format Gosh, I hope not <laughs> i think you'll see hero pools last two or three weeks and that'll 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 be the peak is longer hero pools see how it is if we still don't love hero pools i think hero pools will be gone um after this season i think people so, like hero pools there's just uh i think the adjustment yeah. that needs to be made at this point and they mentioned it was a little bit of a tweaking in the chance per hero based on their percentage of play to uh, avoid the flip-flop that sort of hap started happening. And yes. the flip-flop was always more likely to happen if you waited. We're off-ranked. What's that? If you waited it off-ranked, too. Right. I well, think the flip-flop's more likely. Even, even a ranked aside, I think the flip-flop was always going to be more likely if you waited it based on hero usage, right? Like, if we... Right. If we picked all the top heroes every time, we'd probably wind up with two metas that flip-flopped. If you wait so that the top heroes have a higher chance to be picked every time, you wind up with a not as good, obviously not a guaranteed chance like you do if you just pick the highest ranked every time, mm -hmm. but a higher chance of having that. So you really you really need it to be very close to random. Um whatever waiting that needs to happen needs to be kind of minuscule to mitigate that potential and they just they just haven't really come to that conclusion yet part of the issue with that was they decided oh let's just include all of the ranked data which was a terrible idea yeah and that really that really hurt the amount of time it's going to take for us to get to that place but i think you're right i think we've got maybe one more iteration before it's as good as it gets maybe two yeah um, and those are probably going to be just tweaks to the chances of different things happening. So pretty good, pretty good spot Getting right closer. now. Pretty good spot yeah. right now. Um, yeah. All right. So we're in the, we're not in the middle. Well, we're kind of in the middle of this May tournament. Um, yep. We just had our first week of qualifiers. What's mm -hmm. our, what's our, what's our, um, yeah. What's our standings look like for this May madness because so, uh, they're not on the they're not on the internet, not on no, Overwatch's so, website. If you check standings, you're just gonna see um, the overall standings, which is not what the May qualifier is being based off. It's just being based off the games played in May. So this mm -hmm. was the first week of games that count towards the tournament. And right now, tied for first place is the Florida Mayhem and the Dallas Fuel, as <laughs> all would expect. Oh, <laughs> uh, and everything is right in the world. 
2018 Allure More and Howler are elated. <laughs> 2020 Allure More and Howler are elated. That's that's true. Don't lump I don't me love in with Dallas as much as I once did, but I, I am <laughs> glad to see them doing better. Yeah. Um, so they're tied for first. In third, you would have San Francisco Shock, and fourth is the LA Gladiators. Tied for fifth are the Philadelphia Fusion and the Los Angeles Valiant. Um, tied for seventh are the Atlanta Reign and the Paris Eternal. In ninth is the Toronto Defiant. Tenth is the Houston Outlaws. And then tied for last place is the Washington Justice and the Boston Uprising, as one would actually expect. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Vancouver is unranked because they have yet to play. So they could probably technically slot in at seventh because they have no losses. But I'm going to go ahead and just put them unranked. Right. Um, and then just quickly glancing at Asia, they have a lot less teams. Tied for first are Hangzhou and Guangzhou. Thank you, Seoul Dynasty, for feeding them to top place. Um, third place, which feels weird, is Shanghai. I'm sure that won't last. Um, in fourth is New York. Fifth is Chengdu. And then dead last is the Seoul Dynasty. And London are unranked because they have yet to play. That's that. That's how that's going to go. Yeah. yeah. So next week in the May tournament, our local hometown Florida boys play the Titans. Yeah, so we're playing the Titans, which this should have been the game we were worried about, but it's not if Vancouver anymore. really is about to collapse. I don't um, think it matters if Vancouver is about to collapse. They just released yeah. their off tank. That's true. They have no they have no off tank. There's so even if for some somehow the rest of the ex runaway boys make it back to NA to play, they're they're gonna be down an off tank. So you're gonna see I mean unless Ruje Hong or, Probably summon Sue on off tank because summon Sue used to be an off tank player, right? Like slash right. DPS player. So I would expect him, or yeah, maybe the Jayhong monkey. <laughs> I, I don't know what to expect, <laughs> honestly. Like monkey Rhine dive or something. I don't oh, know. Oh man, I don't know. But, it's gonna be a madhouse. Look yeah, forward to uh, it. We we lucked out. <laughs> Um, and Florida's looking like, honestly, we could be top seed going into the actual start of the May. <laughs> what does that mean? What's top thought. seed? So top seed would mean where we have the number one of the standings, right? So we end the as number one for all the teams that play in May, which means we get the best seeding. We get to start in the top eight. We don't have to go through the 13 through um, seventh place, um, basically qualifiers bracket. Right. We start in the top eight. We would get to choose what team we want to play out of the bottom four teams in the top eight. It sounds so, like a, it sounds like almost a guaranteed top four yeah. placement. Yes, and if you get top four, that's a guaranteed one extra win. So. This is one of the best situations the Florida Mayhem franchise has ever found themselves in. It's true. Like, there's a lot to be excited about for this month. We kind of got lucky, but Florida needed a bit of luck. <laughs> yeah. we, it's been due. <laughs> yeah. So it's good to see, because our other game is against Washington. So we have a real potential to just 3-0 every team that we play. And if we can do that, we're basically guaranteed the top seed. Because the only other team that can do that right now is the Dallas Fuel. And 
Dallas has to play Philadelphia Fusion and Paris Eternal. You don't come out of those with three O's. It doesn't happen. No way. Not against Philly at the very least. Yeah. So we're we're in a really good spot. It's true. Yeah. So um, yeah. It you're right. It feels really good as a Florida fan to have this sort of lucky break here. Yeah. Um. Kind of and in spite of my I think dislike. We could, show, we could we could show some good things in the tournament too. Yeah. So we're gonna be underestimated going in. That's being a Florida fan, right? Right. Um, we're always underestimated, but the top four is real real possibility, and maybe we go even further. Um, I don't think any team besides Philadelphia Fusion have, and not even Philly, have shown themselves to be untouchable. Right? right. Yeah. So. I, I think we, we have been looking really good. I think we're better than than we seem, and we seem good right now. But we just haven't played a good team in so long. Yeah. But we just trashed Parrish, who took Philadelphia Fusion to five maps again. So I, I think Florida could be really underrated. And even though the top seed, we can go in as a dark horse that can really make some waves. Yep, yep. Like I said, feels good to be a Florida fan right now, in spite yeah. of my dislike of the extra bonus wins that are coming out of this tournament. Re- right. Really think that screws with competitive integrity, but as a Florida fan, I'm real happy that I'm probably going to get one of them. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> mixed feelings. Okay, so that's good. <laughs> all right, well, that is all of this week's scheduled Chitty Chat Chats. That's a technical term. That's the technical term. So, uh, that's a, that's the uh, official show business term for topics. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Yep. So we want to just say yep. thank you to everybody who has joined us this week. We want to give a humongous shout out to Popped Off, who supports us, helps us be on podcasting platforms, um, hosts us on YouTube, and generally are awesome fellas to be around. Um, make sure you follow us and check us out on socials. Um, we are streaming live on our Facebook page on non-gamer hours early in the morning. And we are also, um, available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and YouTube. So, yeah, we have a good time. We like hanging out with Uh, Mm y'all. Subscribe to us. Watch us. Tell your friends. Have a good time. I'm a little more. I'm Howard. And we will see you next week. Bye.